0: Wherever you are, I invite you to kneel with me as we go to the Lord in prayer, as we prepare our hearts for receiving his word. God, we kneel before you today, right here in this worship center and in homes throughout this city and really throughout this world, God. God, we ask for your help. We ask for your vision, we ask for your clarity, we ask for your mercy, and God, we ask for your peace. We thank you, Father, that you are faithful. Many times when we are faithless, as your word tells us, that you are faithful. God, we're here today because we wanna hear a word from you. We ask you to speak to our hearts and minds that we might be changed. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. When I was a little boy growing up, one of the things my mom would do with my brother Ed and I was to read us a bedtime story. And one of our favorite stories was the iconic book, children's book, about the little engine that could. How many of you remember that book about the little blue train? Yes, most of us here remember that book. Well, in case you forgot the story, it goes something like this. There was a big, long train that was trying to make it over this high hill. But the locomotive, the engine broke down, and now this train was stuck in the flats. So they were looking for another little engine. They were looking for a locomotive. So they asked you know, this big, strong locomotive. And he said, no, I'm too busy. They ask another medium-sized locomotive. And no, I don't think I can make that. That's a really steep hill. I don't want to burn out my engines either. So finally, remember they spotted that small blue little engine known as the little engine that could. And they said, hey, little guy, do you think you can hitch up? your locomotive to this long train. Do you think you can make it up all the way over the mountain to the other side? So the blue little engine got on the track, hitched his engine, hitched the locomotive up to that big long train and he said those words. Do you remember what they were? I think I can. 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 And the little engine started to climb that steep mountain. He gets midway up. And all of a sudden, I think I can. I think I can goes from, remember, I think I can. I think I can. I. I can, and as a little four-year-old, you're thinking, oh my goodness, the little engine that could, is he gonna make it to the top of the mountain and pull that train all the way up to the other side? Suspense is killing you as you're trying to delay bedtime. So finally, the little engine I think I can't strain. Him. I think I can't. I think I can. He gets to the top of the mountain. He makes it. He starts going down the other side, and he starts puffing to himself. "I thought I could. I thought I could. I thought I could." It's a simple story. But I still love it. It's a wonderful story. Because it's a story about an underdog, a story about someone who has been looked over. It's a story about someone who took on a task that was greater than himself and somehow, some way, succeeded with just a hint, if you would, of confidence. I think I can. But the story also obviously. It's about a mountain, isn't it? It's about a mountain that the little engine has to climb. It's about a burden that he has to carry all the way up the mountain to the top and down the other side. And you know what? If we were to be honest here today and if we all could stand up here today and talk, we would say, hey, I've got a mountain facing me right now. I've got a mountain that's so high, that's so dangerous, that's so steep, I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. I think I can, but I don't know. Some of you have a mountain to face right now in your life and you're facing that mountain, others of you are saying, I can't. Not really, I can't, but I won't. I want not take on this mountain. I want climb this mountain. But the thought I want to leave you with today, or start off with today, or ponder with you today, is this. What if your mountain is your moment. What if the mountain that you have to face, that you have to climb, is your moment? Your moment. Now, for the past several weekends, we've been looking at what I believe to be the most encouraging and practical chapter in the entire Bible, it's Philippians chapter four. So if you have a Bible, go to Philippians four. The guy that's writing this chapter is a guy by the name of Paul. Paul is very experienced at climbing tall, difficult, arduous mountains. And he's gonna tell us how to do it. He's going to tell us how he did it. Now, Paul is writing this encouraging practical letter from where? Prison. Stuck in Roman prison and time keeps passing on. Chicka-ching, That's where Paul is. What does he say to us about how we are to climb and face the mountains of we have before us. Look at verse 10, chapter 4. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. Now, at least, you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned beforehand, but you lacked opportunity. So, next week, I'm going to talk to you about that verse and what it means a message called New Supply. But this week, let's look at the mountain. Here's what he said, verse 11. Check it out. He said, not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am in. Wow. (laughs) I would like that, wouldn't you? I want to learn how to be content, not complacent, but content in whatever circumstances I am in. Paul says he's learned how to do it. Look at verse 12. He says, I know how to get along with humble means. I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. Paul says, I can detached, I can be detached from my circumstances. He said, I am comfortable having a steak dinner with baked potato and sour cream and key lime pie for dessert. I'm comfortable eating that, I'm fine. He said also, I am comfortable with a little small Dixie cup of water and some old, stale, crusty bread. I can handle that too. He said, I've learned how to be content and thankful for the filet mignon, and I've been learned. I've learned how to be content and thankful for the crusty bread and little, just, bit of water. He said he's he's learned the secret. He said, "Hey, I can get along in prosperity. I've had prosperity in my life. I've had riches in my life." And Paul says, "I've been poor. I've been penniless. I've lived." In great neighborhoods, I've lived in tough neighborhoods. It doesn't matter to me. I'm content. I've learned the secret to contentment. I like that. I desire that in my own life. I desire that for you. That you can be content. That you can be happy. That you can have the peace and the shalom of God no matter where you are. Whether you are at the top of the mountain, the bottom of the mountain. Whether you are filled or whether you are hungry. To be content. You know, we have this, I don't know if it's an unstated goal or an unstated desire in our culture. That if I can just get there, I will be happy. If I can just make a lot of money, I mean, a lot of money, then I will be happy. If I can just live in that house, if I can just drive that car, if I can just look like that person, if I can just weigh that much, I will be happy. If I can invent something or maybe have a YouTube channel that a lot of people will watch and engage in, then I will be happy. I will be content. I will say, enough. Is that so? Is that true? I would say if you studied it and researched it, and talk to people and interviewed those who had supposedly made it in our society, you would find the exact opposite. I was watching a video just this week, last week actually, and they were interviewing all these A-list celebrities and some of the past and some right now. I mean, Lady Gaga and Jay-Z, Jim Carrey, Eric Clapton, if you remember who he was, and, and, and they were interviewing these folks, and, and, and they were talking about their life and their success and how so many people will come up to them as celebrities and say, "Aren't you just happy all the time?" And a lot of them said, "No, I'm not happy. I'm empathy." One of them said, hey, when I was at the top of the mountain making the most money, having the brightest future, having the most love in my life, daily I wanted to take my own life. So the idea that money and fame and having a lot of people love on me is going to make you happy is a lie. It's difficult to handle prosperity and success. It ruins most people. I don't know what you're thinking. But I will be different. God, try me out. I won't be like these A-listers. I will not let all of that... Paul says he can do it. He said he did it. Prosperous, abounding, got it. <laughs> Lacking, people hating me, persecuting me, alienating me. I got that too. So what's going on here? Maybe, maybe God's saying to us, hey, your, your moment is your time to learn the secret that Paul's been talking about. What is that secret? Look at Philippians 4:13. Here we go. He says, "I can do all things through him That's Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can run with the high rollers. I can run with people who are down and out. It doesn't matter the circumstances. It doesn't matter how much I have in my bank account. It doesn't matter what I'm wearing in that in that particular setting. It doesn't matter if I have a lot of food or no food. It doesn't matter if I'm being persecuted or I'm being praised or I'm getting my PhD or I'm being ostracized. Paul said, listen, I have learned the secret. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I know what you're thinking, it's what I think. Yes, but Paul was an apostle. He's in the Bible, he's special. Yes, he was an apostle. Yes, he was special, but he was still a man. He was still a human being with emotions and fears and feelings and stressors and worries and anxieties that would multiply probably any of us in this room. And what he's saying to us today is, is listen, I know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because by his strength, I've done it. And he's saying, you can only learn this empirically. You can only learn this experientially. Okay? You can't just read about it and memorize the verse and tattoo it to your arm or chest. That's not going to do it. You have to experience this. You have to go and climb up many steep, difficult mountains. You have to be knocked down and derailed and out of gas and coal and wrecked. And you have to be able to somehow cobble it all together and through Christ's power and Christ's strength, make it to the top of the climb. And Paul said, I have been there, done that. And if we had time, and I wish we did. And you're probably saying, I wish we didn't. Can we finish? No. But if we had time, don't you hate when preachers say that? No. No, no, no. Don't, don't, don't go there. I'm just going to be quick, okay, in 15 seconds. Go to 2 Corinthians, not right now, but later on, 4, 6, 11. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, 11. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, and 11. Write that down. Put it in your phone right now. Go check it out. Those are Paul's testimonies. That's his hardship list of all the junk, all the pain all the rejection, all the sleepless nights that he had been through. It's pretty impressive. If you want a discouraging, encouraging passages to meditate on, go to 2 Corinthians 4, 6, and 11. All right? Now, meanwhile, back to the secret. Okay? Back to the secret. Let's let's ask some questions about this iconic verse I can do all things. Philippians 4 13. Let's ask some questions. First of all, let's ask the question this. As we're facing our climb, as we're looking at our high mountain, what should our posture be? What should our posture be? Our posture should be those two simple words I can. Let's say that together I can. One more time for the folks watching at home. I can. I can. Not I can't. Not I want. But I can. Paul was a an I canner, not an I canter. Okay, he was an I can kind of dude. He was a guy that wanted to charge the hill. He was a guy that wanted to take the mountain. He wanted to get after it. I don't know about you, but I wanna be around, I can kind of people. I can't people tend to drag you down. I can't people tend to get you caught in the weeds or, or in the mire and the muck. I can't people, people who you know you shouldn't hang out with, will derail you in your life and in your climb that God has for you. Paul says, I can. I can. Next question. In this verse, what is our potential? What's our potential? What's our ability to do? We see that in the next three words. Do all That's our potential. Do all things. Let's say that together. Do all things. I can do all things. Now, again, this verse is a phenomenal verse, great verse, wonderful verse. But so many people take it out of context, right? They say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Therefore, after church today, go up to the Family Life Center and Ben Young is going to bench press 315 pounds. I can do. No, I can go to the hospital, okay, is what will happen there. You know, I'm going to win this game today. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to hit par today. I can do all things, every hole. You know, no, 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 no. This is talking about a power to endure on a higher level. It's, It's a deeper truth here than us trying to use God to get what we want. Our potential is to do all things. I can do all things. What's our provision? It's right there. Through Christ. Through him. Through Christ. So say it together. Through Christ. Say it again. Through Christ. The Bible, don't ever forget this. Please don't ever forget this. The Bible is a hymn book, okay? The Bible is a hymn book. It's all about Christ from Genesis all the way to genuine leather, fake genuine leather, whatever my Bible is, all the way to the end, to Revelation. The Bible is about Christ. We do not worship the Bible, we do not worship the words on the pages. We are not rationalists and our goal is to, you know, think the Bible. No, the Bible is a menu that points us to Christ. It's a hymn book. That's what he told the Pharisees. You search the scriptures, but you search them in vain because the scriptures about me on the road to Emmaus after the resurrection. He took the Old Testament, starting with Moses and all the prophets, and showed to them Him in the Bible. The Bible is all about Christ. Who had changed Paul's life from a hater to a lover, from a persecutor to a preacher, from a murderer to a missionary, who had given him the strength to endure beatings and whippings and stonings and ostracization Who had helped him, who had forgiven him, and who had empowered him time and time again to climb up those steep mountains? Paul said, Christ in me, the hope of glory. I can do all things through Christ. Christ was and is his strength. He said earlier in this little book called Philippians, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I don't know what to do. It's a win-win. If I stay on here, I'm going to tell people and live out this Christ life. If I die right now, I'm going to go and be with him. I don't know which one. It's a tough call. Our position is I can. Our potential, all things. Our provision is through Christ and our power. We see that at the end. Who strengthens me? Let's say that together. Who strengthens me? It's Christ who strengthens me, it's his power. He is the source. He is the deep roots that I must sink my life into. Jesus said what? He is the vine and we are the branches. So we must abide in him because apart from him, we can do nothing with him. We can do all things. So the secret for you and for me to make our climb up that mountain is not, I think I can, I think I can. It's, I can through Him. I can through Him. I can through Him. And sometimes that's one hour at a time. One day at a time. Another day at a time. Waiting, trusting surrendering to this power and provision that God has for us in Christ. I can through him. And that builds in your life. At first it's just I can through him, period. And then as you're making your way up the mountain, it's, hey, I can through him, exclamation point. And then it's as you get close to the top, it's I can through him, double exclamation point and smiley faces or whatever emoji you want to put on it. But you begin to learn and grow as you know that God really does provide for you. He provides what you need when you need it. I can through him. And what does this build inside of us? As we're doing life, as we're taking on challenges, as we're facing and climbing mountains, what does this do for us? You know what it does? It builds for us something that someone has called Godfidence. Godfidence. Confidence is important. The Bible says don't throw away your confidence, but I want Godfidence. I, I want a life. Of someone who has turned to God, who leans upon God, who trusts in His power to help me make it through and to live a life that would honor Him. And when I start doing that, and I start trusting in Christ in me, and I can through Him, He builds that godfidence in our life, and we can share that godfidence with others. That's not my power. It's not my piety, my religiosity. No, it's the power of Christ in me. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. It's through his power in me that has allowed me to go through those things. It's his power in me that has allowed me to experience some success and prosperity. It's his power in me that's allowed me to make it through difficult times of being in prison and isolated and alone and frustrated. Christ has given me the strength. And that builds confidence in our life. Whatever the mountain that you have to face right now. The mountain of cancer, the mountain of a child that's gone off the rails that won't answer your calls or texts, the mountain of doubt, the mountain of uncertainty, whatever that mountain is, God's here to tell us today, you can through him. You can, through him, make that climb. And that's the secret to contentment. And that's the secret to the climb.